I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is Merrick Larwood. Hello, film Listeners, if anyone is it actually listening to this bloody thing, oh, guess what? What? <laughs> Hang on, what? That's there's not some, a segue. There's someone. There's <laughs> some Someone's saying, someone saying, oh, good, he's getting straight to the action. There's someone else sitting in this room. Is it a ghost? Could be. Or is it Daniel Ward? Hello. It's Daniel Ward, former host of Film Fandango. Former living human being, now ghost. Now ghost. Uh, what are you doing haunting this room? I live here. Good. Um, welcome back. Thanks. Um, how has your life been watching films since you were I last on? I haven't been to the cinema for a very long time and it's great. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. What do you mean, brilliant? I've not had to go to the cinema every week to watch some pile of dog shit films. <laughs> I've been really enjoying going to cinema lately. And my local cinema, Crouch and Art House, got voted the best cinema in the whole of London. By whom? I don't know, some arty By you. Well, I've um, given up dairy, so my one pleasure in life, which was a yog from Camden Odeon, can't even have that anymore. So there's no point going to the no Odeon going. No point going to the cinema anymore. If you can't have a yog. I don't think she should be allowed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen any films. Um, now, Danielle and I both saw a film recently oh, that was it, we thought... Was it a date? Uh, no, it would be a terrible date movie. Okay. Absolutely abysmal. Because it's a terrible movie. But, but I mean, it, it... I chose it. It looked really good. It came off on Blinkbox and it said, comedy horror about um, some guys that have to go and stormtroop an asylum. And it, it's from 2014, so we're like, okay, interesting. This one seems to have passed us by, but it's on Blinkbox, so why not? Let's have a look. It's called Asylum, and it is possibly the most bizarre film You'd I've want to watch it. ever seen in my life. What happens, is it English, and then what is the basic plot of it? Okay, do you want to... Yeah. Take this. So what it is is, and th- you need the context. So if you just started watching it, and you knew nothing about it. It opens with um, a priest who is a bit demonic comes out of a, his thingy box, his priest box, gets set on fire. <laughs> priest box. <laughs> and then two editors cut to two editors look at the screen, go, "Well, how are we going to make a film out of this? This is rubbish." Meta. Meta. A bit. It fit a bit right at the beginning. If you give it any, uh, you know. Uh, faith in its abilities it's a bit Cabin in the Woods yeah 
So you sort of think, oh, okay, I get it. It's going to be like kind of two things going on at once, um, wh- which it is technically. Uh, and what? And then it, it turns into something like a mystery science. What's it called? Mystery science fiction. Mystery theater, science theater. theater. Three thousand. It's like that. So these guys are talking over it like a director's commentary, talking over this film with the priest in his box that comes out. Um, and then, so there's a film going on about some stormtrooper type people in Bulgaria. But it's not called that. A SWAT team in Bulvania, because they're not allowed to use the term Bulgaria. Going into this asylum, which is now haunted, and all the inmates have turned into sort of zombie creatures. While at the same time, these two guys are commentating over the top, but obviously not improvising. It's obviously scripted. And then occasionally it cuts to behind the scenes of the film. It's utterly weird because the the film itself is not intrinsically funny. Uh, or, you know, bad enough to warrant it being a comedy. So something is deeply, deeply weird. It stars... The, the actual film they're commenting on stars Stephen Rear from The Crying oh, Game. What's, even, what's he doing in this? What's even better, what's even better, Marek, is the film hasn't been processed properly, the film that they're watching. <laughs> oh, so yeah. there are bits where, like, VFX eyes glow comes across on the bottom of the in screen. Text, because text. they've yet to put the effects on so it. So they haven't even... Finish the film it, that they're it watching. It sounds like something's gone wrong and they've tried to well, make a film. What's this was it. We, we, we uh, did a lot of Googling because it's a fascinating watch. Why were you watching? Because you were so bored. No, afterwards, actually. <laughs> okay. um, and there's no, there's, there's no reviews online, uh, really. Uh, IMDb, it's just called Asylum and it's the film that you there's, meant there's to no, watch. Yeah, there's no mention of this meta commentary or anything. But we managed to track down the... Uh, writer um, on his own podcast he's American and he has a film film Fandango style podcast where he talks to his friend about movies and this happens they sound like like arseholes complete dicks Um, I bet it's better than our podcast but on that (laughs) on that show they are their guest happens to be Dean Haglund um, who uh, who was one of the uh, regular characters in the X Files, but he plays the producer in the He's meta bits. Than our podcast. I've uh, <laughs> I, 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 hey, you I've met Deering him. I've uh, he he uh, guested on my improv show in the Fringe once. He's a nice guy. Okay, but and they talk through their experiences in the whole thing, and our guess was exactly right. But uh, but even worse, this guy had written this screenplay called Asylum. And it had been bought and it was being made. And then he heard nothing from them. And then got a phone call from the producers saying, um, something's happened. Uh, our producer has gone to Bulgaria with the, with, uh, with the crew and everything and gone rogue. And what? He, just reshot the He's just shot shot the, thrown the script out, uh, re- reshot it completely, spent all the money and come back with this piece of shit film we can't use. Wow. But they then said... And My first question would be, am I still getting paid? Well, that, that, is, paid. that is... Oh, uh, okay. And so, but they then come to him and say... It wasn't made by Avalon. <laughs> so we want you now to turn it into a comedy. Oh, my God. And so, having all the footage and he, with no money left, basically, he had to try and turn it into a different genre movie with no money to film anything new at all. Why did they not film a documentary about this? That would have been more interesting than the. um... Well, exactly because it's not funny enough. Sadly, sadly, the finished result, as noble and as brave a move as it is, is a total failure. 
Which bit is Stephen Rearing? Is he in the... He's in the actual he's in the film. film. Oh, that okay. filmed in Bulgaria with this rogue producer. If you producer. look up on IMDb, you'll see... I've got it a now. ...a synopsis for this film that is the film within the film. Here's the synopsis is... A veteran hostage negotiated next call leads him to an over-insane asylum. He soon finds that dark forces are pushing the patients to commit atrocities and he may be the only one that can stop them. 118 people have rated this film. It's got an average of 3.6. That's that is good. Bad. That is very bad. That's, that's higher that's than you'd good. imagine. It is higher than you'd imagine. But that isn't the plot because that's not the, the plot actual the plot is two uh, film editors sit down and watch a screening of a film and talk about it. Because you can't really follow the film because they're talking over the top of all the dialogue. And also, the film doesn't. But the film doesn't make sense. I mean, the, <laughs> the only good thing about the film is occasionally when there's zombies hanging from the ceiling, you can still distract wire. And, 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 uh, no, but there's a and there's a uh, text along the bottom that says remove remove wire. Remove wire. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's the most amazing car crash Did of a film. Did you enjoy watching? No, no, in no way. It, so it is a, intolerable as a, as a watch. Have you ever? Picked a random film you've not heard anything about and it being good. Yeah. Yes. Examples. Um, I think uh, Small Apartments was one of that with the uh, Matt Lucas film I watched and knew nothing about it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Hmm. You? Human centipede. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yes, you hated it, but um, the strange colour of my body's tears. I thought yeah. I really liked. Really. Strange colour of my... Um, I made a joke about something being on having the period, didn't I? Yeah, yeah you probably did. Yeah. I, like, like I, think it's, I think it's a really beautiful film. Um, mm. Though, actually, I'd seen a trailer for it, the Soho. Cause, so it was um, a, lo- a lie. So it's a lie, yeah. I didn't, like, that wasn't out of nowhere. Um, oh, Dogtooth. That sounds familiar. It's a Greek film. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, or it was when I watched it. Um, it's a Greek film about two girls who are kept um, in their house by their parents. They're not allowed out. They're like house cats, only girls. And the parents teach them the wrong word for things. Uh, and it's very weird, really weird. It's great. Oh, okay, good. dog too. Yeah. yeah, the wrong word. I mean, there's also some incest and some other things. Can I have a possum of vagina, please? <laughs> I think he means cup of tea. <laughs> Is that no, he doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, but... <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, so there's not much more to say about Asylum, really, other than... Uh, Good I, try, lads. You know what? It's it's a worse film than The Room, because The Room yeah. is actually thoroughly enjoyable. But technically, this is even a worse film, because it is, you know, fair play to the poor writer who's had this... Uh, the rushes come back, and there isn't a single line of dialogue from his original screenplay in it, and then he's been told to turn it into a different genre. Like, it's... But, sadly, it's a it's a failure, but it's a noble failure, I'd this say. worries me about, about Blink Box, eh? You had to... Put, you, you were well, so short films, oh, you had yeah. to watch it that. Well, that, that's, an, that's an interesting topic, I think, that now we have digital streaming, and technically it costs nothing to... Uh, to have your film on that same service alongside X-Men or whatever, mm. is will the quality of movies start to dive and therefore people will take fewer risks? Like how, was, how much was it? It was three forty nine. so it was a normal standard blink box rental price. Um, and and it was clearly they just bought a batch load of films that cost nothing and I mean, put them all up there. It's terrible. Like, it shouldn't... 
you shouldn't have to pay for it. It shouldn't be released. It should be thrown in a bin. It somewhere. hasn't been released in America. This is what was fascinating for the podcast as well. The writer who I'm talking about still hasn't seen it. Wow. Because you need to get blink box. And he was asking his listeners if they can get hold of it anywhere because you can't in America. Uh, I mean, that's that's how you know maligned this movie is. But that's crazy. Yeah. It's, an, it's a fascinating little story, and I recommend tracking down As, that podcast. If you, were, if you were a filmmaker, it would be interesting to watch. If you're someone who just likes watching films, don't bother. Like It's only as an academic watch it's even worth okay. doing. So how many Davies and Daniels do you give it? Uh, one. One? Yeah. I give it a quarter of a Danielle. Holy. That's just a fingernail. <laughs> Yeah. I feel sorry for Stephen Rear as well because he actually his performance is very good in a film that doesn't make sense. Uh, but then, then you've got these other guys trying to blame him and the rest of the cast for being awful because oh, they've right. tried to crowbar a comedy script in it. So they're taking the piss out of him, and it's like without his consent or anything. It's all. Grim. I always wish that Stephen Rear's name was short for diarrhea. Need to change it. <laughs> Oh, it's not even a good joke, but I once said it and I just once. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, um, we, because I, I, listeners, I came round late, so and Danielle has got a, an important appointment, so maybe we should read the letters at the end so we can talk about the film Danielle's brought in. Okay, yeah, yeah that's right. my, it's my fault. Of course, that's fine. So, so I know people who people. If there's anyone who's severely autistic who's listening. <laughs> And the order of it's been changed, and this is really going to cause them to sort of smash some windows and kill someone. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Or we just record the letters at the end, and I'll edit them into the middle. No, no. Then <laughs> this explanation's got to go in as well. Yeah. Okay, you're right. This is vital time we need. Okay, so um, Danielle, we asked you to bring in a film. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, what have you brought in previously? Previously, I brought in. What did I do Maybe. last time? Mm-hmm. Maniac. No, I didn't make you watch Maniac, though, did I? That was no. just one that I went it to see. It was a Nicolas Cage one, wasn't it? Was it? The Brother Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss, Vampire's Kiss that was me. Oh, my God, there's a scene. I only yeah. ever picked vampire films. There you go. OK, well, what, did you, what have you brought this time? Twilight. Twilight. Um, <laughs> no. No, no. No. Fright Night. Fright Night. Which version? The original 1985 version, not the one with David Tennant. Um... Do you want to tell us what Fright Night is? Fright Night is... Right, i tell you why I pick Fright Night. Because uh, it's on the internet so we could all watch it. Also, it's one of those films I saw years and years ago and remember enjoying. I remember absolutely nothing about it. But it's like it's a cult 80s film that seems to have missed most people. Like it, I think in America it's held up a, alongside things like... I mean, for me, it's like a cross between Back to the Future and Robocop in terms of tone. And it sort of sits among those 80s classics. And over here in the UK, I don't think we kind of... Like, no one's... None of you, neither are you two. Well, I, said you, you? No. I said to you before, I've almost watched it so many times. You yeah. know, or you need to go to the video shop. I mean, we, we had those when I was a kid, a few young people. And the cover is this house with a, a scary cloud above it. Yeah. And that sort of put me off because I thought it was a horror film or yeah. some weird... It felt like it was a bit like the living... Um, not a living dead horror. It's more yeah. Evil Dead, evil though, dead, isn't it? Evil Dead, man. Yeah, yeah. A bit it's, like that. But it's, I think, I think tonally, it's a, it's a bit more like sort of um, gremlins. gremlins or gremlins, Weird Science yeah. or one of those. It's very, very eighties. I'm surprised it didn't sit in that thing because I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, what happens in it? What happens? Right, there's a high school kid and he loves this. Um, 
watching this programme called Fright Night, which is presented by the vampire hunter Peter Vincent, whose name is a cross between uh, Vincent Peter Price Cushing. and Peter Cushing, and he's a and he's a Van Helsing type figure, and but he also presents it, and uh, this boy loves it, and then this boy realises that his next door neighbour is a bloody vampire, and so he goes and gets uh, this this Van Helsing type figure to come and. Uh, kill the vampire who lives next door and obviously this guy is just an actor and so the mm. actor guy is like I'm just an actor and no one believes that there's a vampire next door because that would be crazy uh, and then it turns out there is a vampire next door oh, oh no. no and the vampire is played by what's his first name Chris Chris Sarandon 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 is, is he related to Susan he's, he's his, yeah he put his willy in her first husband that's where she got, gets her name oh, from oh really yeah. yes he is for our listeners who don't know him, uh, Prince Humperdinck from The Princess Bride, or the non-singing voice of uh, Jack Skellington from uh, from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, he's excellent, I think. He's really good baddie. The whole film is great. So it's it's like a kind of it's a bit too scary to be a sort of teen high yeah. school romp, but it's not properly scary either. But the thing that is incredible about it are, are the special effects. The special effects are wonderful. It, it's a bit. It's that time where around the, the 1985, it's sort of a bit similar to American Wolf and, and the Thing. Yeah, yes. not even not as good as those two because they're, no, they're, they're yeah. but such a mix of just makeup and animatronics and stop motion animation and all sorts of things when they were all, you know combining them all to get these effects. If you love the 80s, it makes you feel really nostalgic. It's got that innocence. And the lead guy um, uh, is really sort of. You've got the the. the um, he's really boy next door, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. He's properly like Billy from Gremlins, he's actually, great. isn't he? I'm surprised he wasn't. And there's a sort of girlfriend love interest, and there's a, a weird psychic bloke who I read up on. You read about him, the old psychic bloke? No, who's the what weird psychic what, bloke? The si- sidekick. His oh, friend. sidekick. Yeah. Oh, Evil Ed. Yeah. No, what happened to him? I was reading people's biographies while I was watching it. He became a um, hardcore gay porn star in the 1990s. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So if you, you can watch... Um, I, cause I, I clicked on their uh, you know, IMDb things to find out what they're all doing. I'm looking down at his films. Um, buff and Gay, Butt Blazer, <laughs> co- Cockpit, Motel Sex, Transsexual Prostitutes, Leather Intrusion Case 4, Down to the Wire. Leather there, Intrusion? There are a few of his. Didn't the same thing happen to the, Jeff Conway? I don't know. Who's there are a few Conway? of his later um, films. Jeff Conway was Knicky in Greece. I'm sure he became a porn actor. I'll look him up as well. But oh. I, was, I saw his um, IMDb Dead thing. Bell, I thought, this is uh, odd. Anyway, we shouldn't take away from it. It's a... It's a brilliant film. Um, Very funny. Roddy yeah. McDowell is the Vincent uh, Price Peter, figures. Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent. It was originally offered to Vincent Price, but sadly he was too old. No. And uh, and also was trying not to do horror things when he was a bit more poorly towards the end of his life. But he's fantastic. It's really good. This is one bit where uh, a wolf dies, and the range of emotions on the th- the thing that makes Roddy McDowell Peter Vincent's character so great is that he does a, he, he looks as you imagine you would look if you saw these things. First of all, like, obviously this is made up, and then goes from genuine in, like inqui- inquisition into what's happening, and then a bit of confusion, and then fear, and then horror, and then sadness, all in one scene. It's incredible. That is hard face acting. Hard that is, face oh, acting. Oh, I think, mate, it's some real good face acting. Ooh, I'm just looking up Knicky to see if he's got any odd films on his, uh, like... He, he hasn't was... got any cockpit films on... Oh, oh he has actually got... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm looking at Kinnicky's IMDb. He's almost pregnant on there. Almost pregnant. <laughs> that, could, summer, that could go either summer, way. Summer, two. Maybe he just is softcore. Maybe. I mean, he, the sad thing about him is he was the original Danny in the stage version and then got bumped to Kinnicky for the star John Travolta in the film version. How different things could have been. Life's pretty difficult sometimes. It is, isn't <clears> it? Um... It, this uh, the lead role in uh, Fright Night was offered to, uh, or rather, they were the favourite for it was Charlie Sheen for a good old time. Really? But the director decided against him because he is has a heroic look. Did when he was younger, and he didn't want a, mm. someone who was naturally a hero. He wanted the guy next door who steps up. Um, he's very similar to the bloke in a more comedy version of the bloke in Gremlins yes he's sort of just in between isn't he he's like yeah. less the Gremlins league guy's really geeky what happened square. to him did he do porn I don't know he probably did gardening and um, <laughs> tell everybody about what you read about your bit of trivia about Chris Sarandon saying that he wanted the vampire to be <laughs> yeah. this is great this is great um, apparently there's a, there's a piece of the plot where um, it turns out that the girl looks a lot like the uh, woman who the vampire used to be in love with from the past. And He's in the trivia, dead. it says Chris Sarandon uh, added this to the story. He made this up um, in order to give his character more uh, backstory rather than him just being pure evil. He didn't make that up. That's from that's from that's Dracula. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he says, yeah, he's claimed he Surely wrote that. They, they might um, as well just put Chris Chris Sarandon's a bellend. <laughs> or a liar. Chris Sarandon is a liar. Did you find a Mac? Um, you know when uh, the girlfriend becomes a bit vampire at the end. Yes. Yeah, you find her mouth really frightening. Um, it's. It, uh, I was surprised how good the special effects were. Yeah. Because you think it's quite a sort of cheesy 80s thing. And the special effects are amazing. And they, 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 I've seen... I recognised her face. Yeah. I mean, not seen the film. When, from classic horror movie pictures. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it was the poster as well. Um, oh, is that? That's her face. But also, cup. apparently, um, little bit in, peeking behind the curtain, uh, when she becomes sexy vamp towards the end in her sort of skimpy negligee They're, that's a um, fake boobs she's wearing so that they can be more prominent <laughs> and she apparently used to take them to comic cons and things for people to touch Aww. the special effects are very uh, raiders aren't they yeah. yes there's, yeah, it's that same era isn't it yeah that, there's a lovely there's very a melty melty mm. mac, wax things and then reverse the film sort of uh, feel to and it and even sand I thoroughly enjoyed it and if you were avoiding Fright Night like I have thinking oh, I don't know I can't bother to watch that watch it it's a real treat and thank you Danielle it's a real treat you're going to slag me off as soon as I leave aren't you you're going to slag me and the film oh, I hate her I hate her <laughs> this is the first time we've had that sort of mid mid podcast departure isn't it it is yeah I'm sorry no it's my fault well thank you for bringing Fright Night in okay. sorry it's had to be a short one this, can, I, can uh, I plug this things of course what yes. would you like to plug well, I've got a new gig starting on the 5th of January when me and Martin called uh, Warden White's Fun House um, and that's in London and also I'm doing my sexy character called Danny Frankenstein I'm, I got the name of Chris Sarandon he just made it up <laughs> I asked, so can you think of a surname for me I went how about Frankenstein I was like that's really good um, my character Danny Frankenstein I'm doing the Vault Festival in February buy tickets now they're really cheap now that's good and you do another podcast don't you you do, you do the right thing do the right well. thing yeah that will be but that's not out and well, that'd be at the same sort of time. January, February, I don't know. Our producer is very slack. 
How's <laughs> is his wife's vagina? She's ooh, a baby. Oh, ooh. oh, okay. Cool. Um, oh, right, okay. You don't um, know what to do with that information. <laughs> um, I know a, a woman I've not met's vagina is slack. That's Sorry, all Sorry, Ben. Um, all right. Well, uh, goodbye, Daniel. Right, and let's go to the letters section. Uh, here's a letter. Do you want to read it? Yeah, okay. Um, it doesn't. It's from Martin Appleyard. He's written in before, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Martin Appleyard. Martin Appleyard. So someone who friend owned, of the show, Martin Appleyard. Someone who owns a cider brewery, Corn Cornish. Uh, he says, if read this out, can it be done in a Proclaimers style Scottish oh, okay. accent? Oh, okay. well, What's a Proclaimers Scottish accent? Uh, sort of slightly more whiny Scottish. When you go, will you send bark? Bark. They say bark. No, no more. What's no it? more. Something no more. more. Sky no more. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? That's it, that one. Dear Film Fandango, the film podcast... I have just watched Sunshine on Leith. He says lay, but I'm sure it's Leith. Well, okay. The film's called Sunshine on yeah, Leith, Yeah, yeah, I think right? it's a typo with a G and a T, maybe. Uh, right, but he says it every time. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a different film. Anyway. Dear Film Fandango, the film podcast, I've just watched Sunshine on Leith. I am not, I am not a fan of musicals or the Proclaimers or the Scottish, but I bloody love this film. I had a smile on my face all the way, whole running time, and even shed a joyful tear at the oh-so-cheesy ending. My problem is this. Once you enjoy a film like this, you want to tell others about it. And if it's not a well-known film, you have to explain what it's about to the people you're trying to persuade. With this film, this is how my conversation goes. Me. Hey, have you seen that film, Sunshine on Leith? It's really good. Friend, no, what's it about? Me, it's a musical done a bit like that Mamma Mia film, but set in Scotland, and instead of ABBA songs, they're all by the Proclaimers. Friend, don't think I'll bother, mate. Have you ever had a film that you really liked, but found it difficult to explain the plot to someone else without it sounding like a big pile of shite? Keep watching the films, Martin Appleyard. No more. I poured a coffee in in the background to that during the dialogue with his friend, so it did seem more realistic. Oh, good, good. Um, ever had a ever had to try and explain a film to someone and it? Well, I've got two things here. Right. First of all, I think I went to see Mummy the Musical because I accidentally I, my mum wanted to. Come oh yeah, to see accidentally. It. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. mum wanted to come and see it, and my mum was talking. My mum does talk quite a lot. During um, musicals? No, no, just in real life. Okay. And I was on the phone to her and she said, I want to go and... I said, "What? I'll treat you to a musical for your birthday. Yeah. What do you want to come and see? And so I'd, I forgot to listen to when she was coming up to watch the musical. So I booked the tickets <laughs> and I booked it for the wrong day. So you have I to go on your own. Before, so I went with a friend to watch Mamma Mia. It's the worst thing I've ever seen on stage. It's just like watching... How many musicals like have you seen? Aunts. I've seen quite a few. I think I like. I didn't mind Chicago. I really liked um, Thingy, the one with the puppets in the street. One that was Shrek. Called, uh, not Shrek, Shrek the musical. No, I can't remember what it was called. I don't mind musicals. Starlight Express. I saw that when I was young. I've never seen Mamma Mia. I didn't. But I haven't seen the film. Awful. So. And anyway, so anything by comparing a film to say it's a bit like Mamma Mia, 
but set in Scotland. That the problem is his description. Mm, it is, and you put instead of Abba songs, you've got songs by Proclaimers. But p- people do have a prejudice about the Proclaimers of thinking they're a one-hit wonder band who aren't worth listening to, and they've actually got a lot of good songs. Um, I saw the Proclaimers at um, Glastonbury, and I felt ashamed to be English that day because they played 500 Miles about four songs into their set. Yeah. And as soon as they had done, the tent emptied and they had their entire set still to go. And really? It was so embarrassing. Yeah, they, did, they did another one that was... Um, Letters King, from America. King of the Road as well. They did loads That's of good cover, songs. Though. I think they're a good band. Um, yeah. They, they should, to be, but to be honest, they probably should have played 500 Miles last just yeah. to uh, they should have probably known but that would happen but a long walk back to the old um, trailer ok um, so uh, any films trouble explaining I think if you're a regular to this podcast yeah. you'll probably be saying um, shouting at this podcast well Marek has a problem describing most films <laughs> so I, I can't really answer that question fairly ok try and de- here's, a, here's a different game though try and describe uh, easy to describe films as complicatedly as you can in, in as unappealing way as you can so for instance can you explain Jaws to me as if, so that I won't want to see it um, the tour, tourist industry there's a problem with the tourist industry yeah um, and there's a, a lot of tourists aren't going uh, in, into the beach because the problem with something in the water so it's affecting tourism and, and they employ some guy to try and uh, get rid of it so that the uh, island can still be successful for some holidays. Yeah, I don't want to see that. You're absolutely right. Just don't mention the shark. I mean, usually, <laughs> problem is, everyone wants to watch a film, but as soon as you put shark in it, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. And if you say massive shark, you go, wow, well, it definitely no, it sounds you. good then. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen the trailer for um, uh, Jurassic World? No, I've heard about this. A lot of people are posting. I don't like watching trailers. I think I'm. there's that debate, uh, I was reading an article about it, about people saying that trailers... Showing too much these days. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that trailers should come with a spoiler warning, like a, like a certificate before they start. Some ridiculous. I mean, Interstellar. It, it's you watch the trailer for that, even and you sorry, if it's just like a trailer. It's in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. But you think, all right, he's going to go into space. He's going to be doing this. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to see any of it. The problem is, you go to cinema. You think, oh, now I know that stuff. I've got to go and see it next week. Can't yeah. I think they should budget, especially in big films where they've got money coming out of their ears, for shots they're going to use for the trailer that will give you a sense of the sort of thing that will be happening, but without plot-specific things happening. So almost like a sort of motif montage of this film rather than actual scenes. Because I've got the sort of brain where I'll remember a shot from the trailer and then halfway through the film I'll go, oh, we haven't seen that yet. Oh, that's that means this is going to happen. You know, it does spoil it does yeah. always spoil it. Um, well, before we've... I, I watched... Should I talk about the film I watched this Yeah, week? why not? Let's talk about another film. I went to Danielle watch had to leave early. Out there at the Crouch End uh, Art Cinema, Art House. I eight. hear it's the best one in London. I did The first time I went there, I uh, I didn't like it. And I did slag off because it's made of, made of new paint. I went to down... I didn't realise there's an upstairs... They've got two screens. Right. And one's gone upstairs. And you go up there, there's hardly anyone there. And it's really great. That's good. So I, I really like it, actually. And it's £7 a ticket. Which is really, compared to the Odeon, which is... A, That's a good price. Yeah, which is fair. So I went to see a film... Um, I like my foreign art films. Yeah. I went to see a film called Leviathan, which is a Russian drama um, set uh, in some sort of 
well, peninsula by near the sea, some more sort of rural Russia. Right. It was funded by the art board. Basically, this this guy uh, who's sort of a, a, he's a handyman and he's got a young wife after his previous wife died and a, and a young kid. And his his friend who, from the army was a lawyer comes down because the local councillor is trying to seize his house. He wants to just nick it and build a place there. Right. And he's not given the been given the right money for it, and his just life just falls apart. It's nothing. Re- it's oh, it says here it's a mo- modern reworking of the Book of Job. So there we go. If Job. you know anything about the Book of Job, Job, I think isn't it? Oh, he's Job. Job. Oh, yes, you're right, Job. Or yeah. if if you don't know anything about me, you'll call it Job. <laughs> um, <laughs> book Job. It's just a story of one man's life that sort of encapsulates the, all the problems of the corruption of Russia, right? Uh, the poverty, the police being corrupt. I imagine um, it's a fascinating place to see, sort of. And I've never seen. When I think of Russia, I always get the. You would just think of Red Square and the yeah. same iconic things, and the whole, you know, Stalin well, or Moscow. Yeah, basically, Moscow, yeah. you only think of one so, city. So you never really see anything outside it. Um, I, I, I felt quite. It's nice watching a film when you think you're learning it, something about the society, and you're feeling a sense of Russia you I have not witnessed before. Does it make Russia look depressing? Yeah, it makes it really depressing. It's this film is bleak, really bleak. <laughs> But the acting is amazing. It feels there's no real plot. It's not the. Pl- I think it's quite. I thought halfway through this is brilliant. Then it's sort of it's really slow at the start. Yeah. You know, if a film can you can change your mind about a film. And it goes on too much. It goes on a bit. It's a bit long. It's almost like two and a half hours long or something, and quite depressing. But if you want to see something a bit different with uh, really interesting camera shots. Uh, and learn a bit about Russia and what. And I was surprised this came out of Russia because you, you get the impression that, you know, whether right or wrong, that Putin's got a stranglehold on anything. And you know, and like when he literally robbed all the oligarchs of their money and, mm. got, and took seized control of all the energy again. I was surprised to see something sort of quite anti-Russian uh, government come out of there. Uh, all told in different ways. It's not told in political. It's almost like this one guy's story, uh, who's not necessarily likable. None of the captions necessarily likable. I just thought it was a fascinating cinema experience. Really different. And I don't think it's being showed or screened or got big release in the UK because it was on one showing in the afternoon on a Monday. Um, but if you want to see something a bit different and... It's worth, bleak it's worth seeing cinema, then, despite its bleakness. It, that's yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was fascinating. It's a bit long in places. It's not. Necess- it's one of those films, like I said, where you don't think I'm not necessarily enjoying watching this, but I, mean, I find it... Uh, Fascinating, if what somewhat too slow in places. Okay, okay. Leviathan. How many Marics? Seven Marics. Seven Marics. It's a common score. So that's it, isn't it? But if you want to, yeah, bit bit of a um, bit of a buffet of things this week. Uh, but we'll be back next week uh, with yet more films. If you'd like to write to us, um, then please do. Dearfilmfandango@gmail.com or go to Facebook forward slash Film Fandango or tweet us at Film Fandango or at Mr. David Reed or at Merrick Larwood. Um, and uh, from last week, if you do have uh, a picture of Mr. Turner you'd like to send us, then uh, please do. We'll, uh, we'll collect them all together. We've got none yet. We've got none. We're, let's, let's be honest. We've, we've, nobody's bothered. Nobody's bothered. But it's early days yet because we record these 
in advance of release date you see so it's not been that long since uh, since we told we asked you to but if you'd like to do that do also we do this uh, absolutely free um so as you probably noticed so so if you'd like to donate towards the running costs of the podcast to keep it going then please do so go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there and thank you to the people who've donated so far it's very kind of you it's much appreciated and it helps for the paying for the everything this online and other business all that stuff so thank you uh, we'll be back next week with more films keep watching the, the films, films. Keep, ah, what, keep, keep watching, watching them. them keep it keep watching what did I just tell you keep you watching the films never stop Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.